Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Welcome to the PTBC Podcast. My name is Slava, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Sarush. Hey, everyone. Uh, this week's guest is uh, Connor Massimo. He's a person who exemplifies a really amazing story of uh, growing up in Peterborough and uh, coming back to his hometown after university to co-found Pulse Physio. Adam Summers is the other co-founder of the clinic as well. So I personally stopped by Peterborough twice a year to take on the local soccer teams and away games as part of the Ontario Soccer League. And it's a really heated rivalry, so hopefully Connor doesn't sponsor those teams. Otherwise, we might have to wrap it up right here. <laughs> uh, all joking aside, uh, Pulse Physio is a highly successful clinic in Peterborough that really emphasizes uh, one-on-one patient care. Connor is also uh, an Afghan physiotherapist, which is amazing. Uh, to get a list of their services, please visit www.pulsephysiotherapy.ca. All right, it's time to get down to business. How are you doing today, Connor? Yeah, good, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I do not uh, assist with any of the local soccer teams. That's awesome. That means we can keep going. Yeah, we can continue that. <laughs> Perfect. So the first question, Connor, is uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about the segment of your life from graduation all the way to opening up Pulse Physio? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll start even a little uh, ahead of that. Uh, I was born and raised in Peterborough, which is uh, where we're located now, where our clinic is, uh, Pulse Physiotherapy. Uh, went to kinesiology and then physio school at McMaster in Hamilton, and then decided with my wife that we uh, we both liked growing up here, and we thought we'd uh, we'd move back here to start our careers here. Uh, I worked for a few years at an outpatient uh, physio clinic in Peterborough, and then uh, that's where I met Adam. Uh, Adam Summers is my uh, my business partner at Pulse. And uh, we, uh, we got along quite well, uh, formed a bit of a friendship, and uh, decided, why not, uh, let's go try and do this on our own. So that was three and a bit years ago now, but three and a half years ago. Uh, and ever since then, we've, uh, we've been growing the business here at uh, Pulse Physiotherapy. Very interesting. Um, so, Connor, I know that Peterborough City is wrapped rapidly growing, uh, but still at the moment still has a very rural feel to it. Um, you can confirm that or <laughs> deny that. Um, are you able to comment on the differences between the patient population that you see in an urban setting versus uh, Peterborough, for example, like how they interact with the physio, what their expectations of care is? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like you said, Peterborough is definitely growing. Um, we're I think the road sign still says 84,000, 84, but uh, it's, it's definitely up uh, north of 100,000 now just for the amount of growth that's happening. Um, but like you also mentioned, it definitely still has a small town feel to it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people living here that I grew up with, that I went to, to public school with, that I went to high school with. Uh, lots of families that grew up here, they end up going away to school and, and really liking it here, so they come back here. So there is still that uh, that kind of small town feel, even though it probably is around 100,000 for population. Um, uh, back to your question, though, I guess uh, some of the differences are, uh, listening to your first episode, actually, with Maddie on there, I kind of chuckled to myself when uh, when he was talking about the uh, 
how local his business is that it comes from within a few kilometers of their clinic. Um, because for us, that's not the case at all. We, uh, on a regular basis, we see people from you know, 25, 30 kilometers away from here that live in the, the rural kind of farm towns outside of Peterborough that, uh, that were, the, were the closest stop for them. So it's a little bit less hyper-local as it would be in the GTA, um, but I kind of like that about it as well. Um, the other difference, I guess, would be that people tend to know you already before they come in. So especially with me growing up here, um, Adam, my business partner, he grew up in the, the GTA in Scarborough. So he's been here about 10 years though. Uh, but my family growing up here, um, you, you tend to know people. So uh, when you meet your clients on the first day, you tend to have you know two degrees of separation. Either you know them directly or you know their son or daughter or brother or sister. Uh, so it just makes it a little bit more of a personal interaction to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting that you mentioned that because um, uh, so how does that affect your business? The fact that, you know, people already know you kind of has a different kind of vibe to it than, for example, the Toronto area, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think, A, maybe it gives you a little bit more leeway at the start because uh, if people have come to see you and, and they do already know you, presumably they have a positive opinion about you to begin with. Uh, whereas maybe a lot of times in the GTA or in bigger centers, um, they may not know anything about you other than what they've read on your website bio. So I think it kind of gives you a little bit of a hand up. Um, but then also I think it adds a little bit more pressure because uh, you know that you're very likely going to run into these people over and over again in the community, whether it's through local sports or just social outings, things like that. So uh, you want to really make sure you're, you're always putting your best foot forward so that you're, uh, you're treating them well. And not that you wouldn't do that in any case uh, otherwise in a bigger center, but I think it just really makes you uh, focus on that a little bit more, knowing that you're going to probably run into people uh, at the grocery store maybe the following day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that you bring up because uh, recently it seems like a lot of people's eyes have been opened to actually what matters to the patient in terms of the interaction with the physiotherapist, as in uh, the therapeutic alliance portion, which you get a little bit of a head start on as well, having a positive image in the community. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what are the different aspects that need to be considered when you open up a clinic in a rural versus an urban setting? I guess if you could comment to the rural, more rural side of things. Yeah, so I can definitely comment uh, more to the rural because that's been my experience. Um, we've, uh, we've had a fun experience kind of getting the, getting the clinic started. It's been a big, uh, big learning curve for us, for sure. Um, it's, it's kind of funny again, listening to some of your previous guests, they're, uh, they're quite esteemed in the business world. And, uh, I feel like I'm very green in the world of business. Uh, definitely do not have my MBA or any formal business training. Uh, so it was, uh, kind of learning as we go and, uh, and we're still learning as we grow. Um, but I think, uh, um, I guess, I guess probably similarly to in an urban setting, um, you really have to pick your location well. Um, but I think more so for us, um, in the sense that in a place like Peterborough, there's kind of the downtown core, which, which you would laugh at is, is not a downtown compared to Toronto. Uh, but there's the, the main core of the city. And then there's, there's two major ends of town. So there's kind of the, the Southwest corridor and then kind of the Northeast. And, and for us, we really focused on that because, um, downtown was saturated with a few clinics, um, 
the, the west side of the city was saturated with, with two or three clinics already. Uh, and then there seemed to be this kind of gaping hole in the north east side of the city. And, uh, and that was where we strategically decided to, uh, to place our clinic when we opened. And I think that's been uh, really a big part of our growth um, because people are, you know, I said they're willing to travel, but they're also not, you know, they're not dumb about it. They're probably not going to drive by three clinics to get to your clinic unless you're, you're providing some kind of a niche service. So uh, the end of town definitely has helped us so far. I would say another big thing would be just kind of really carving out your place in, in a rural setting. So um, as an example of Peterborough, because um, that's the example that I know, uh, we've got we've got two or three kind of big up and running practices that have been, you know, existing and, and doing well for, for 20 plus years now. Um, so Adam and I talking at the start, how are we going to compete with that, right? They've got this ongoing stream of referral sources. They've got a really good image in the community. They do lots of community events, uh, so on and so forth. So how are we going to compete with that? Uh, so we just decided let's try to do something different and let's design our clinic and the way we practice a little bit differently. And that's uh, really more of a personal touch with our, our focus on, on always being one-on-one -on -one with people and uh, in private rooms all the time, which, which kind of sounds silly and, and to me sounds obvious, but uh, knowing what we know now about pain science and about the complexity of, of some cases that we run into, um, how many people are going to be forthcoming with you about, you know, about of depression that they're going through if they can hear someone through the curtain talking about what they're doing on the Canada Day long weekend. So that's, that's always mm -hmm. kind of been a big thing for us is um, get people in a private room. You're going to build more of that alliance with them. Um, give them one-on-one -on -one care and, and give them the time that they need to, uh, to give them that proper care. And that's kind of been what set us apart and I think what's allowed us to grow so quickly. And sounds like you're running a really good clinic. We uh, definitely follow you on Instagram so we can <laughs> we see some of your posts. Really good work. And uh, in terms of um, picking the location, I just wanted to allude to that question. As you said, in Toronto, it's a little bit more saturated. So you have to stand apart a little bit more. Whereas in Peterborough, I guess you've picked that northeast side where you are one of the only clinics there. I just wanted to ask you, um, in Peterborough, would you have to tailor the clinic more to some kind of a niche market or do you try to target everybody as much as you can in terms of the patients that come into your clinic? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say uh, yes and no. Um, our example of, of kind of carving out a bit of a niche is, uh, and again, it wouldn't seem niche to the GTA, but um, for about two years now, we've had uh, a pelvic health uh, physiotherapist at our clinic. Um, and now we actually, now we actually have two of them. One's off on maternity leave, uh, but one's here working. So in, uh, in a few months in September, uh, one of them will be back. So we'll have actually two pelvic health physiotherapists here. Uh, and in uh, Peterborough as a whole, there's, there's three pelvic health physiotherapists. And, uh, so it's really an, an underserviced population. And, uh, and just to give you another example, before two years ago, there were zero pelvic health physiotherapists. Uh, so that's been, I think, a big uh, niche market growth for us. Um, like I said, I know in Toronto, probably every every street corner has a physio clinic with a pelvic health physio, but uh, but that's not the norm here. So that's been helpful for us for sure. 
Um, but then other than that, outside of that, I still think it's just important that you provide a, a really high end product with all of your physio care. So, you know, whether that's, uh, um, we've got a physiotherapist who just moved uh, last year from Toronto and and she was working at Hall and Blue Review in pediatrics there. So she's kind of carved out a bit of a pediatric niche here doing some private pediatric care. Um, we've got some uh, some concussion-based experience. We've got a lot of uh, therapists with manual therapy-based focus and we're we're doing a lot of progression of our, of our exercise and strength and conditioning side of things as well. So trying to stay kind of very up in in the the different ways of the way that our profession is moving towards and and uh, trying to stay very well rounded uh, but also still making room for some of those niche services i think has helped us grow it's very interesting that you guys have analyzed the population and kind of realized what the needs are in peterborough and how you guys can cater to this population and which obviously is positively impacted your business so my question is you know as as we go through the years um the cities that are up north are actually developing faster and faster things are moving more uh, up north and there's going north east and west just kind of uh, the cities are growing in general and my question to you is do you think that at this moment um, and in the future that those rural areas that haven't grown yet are an untapped market and what are some tips you have for new graduates that are coming out who are thinking about owning a clinic? Uh, do you recommend them looking into these rural areas to expand and create clinics and to cater to those populations as well? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big question. Lots of pieces to that one. Um, let me just start with uh, what, what I would recommend to, to new grads or, or to younger, younger clinicians thinking about starting their own clinic. Um, my biggest piece of advice is you don't have to know it all. Um, having, having listened to some of the previous episodes, which you guys have done, which are fantastic. I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Um, listening to some of those previous episodes, I'm just shocked at how much people know about business and how little I seem to know about business. Um, so it's kind of humbling to be invited on at all um, to, to even chat with you guys about business. Um, but, but I was kind of sitting back listening to a few episodes last week and I was kind of thinking, if this is what I thought your baseline had to be, I don't think I'd ever start. Because I think, you know, everyone seems like they're so far ahead in their knowledge of business and how uh, all the algorithms work and how all the numbers work. And, uh, and just, just to put that out there, we didn't know almost any of that stuff three and a half years ago. Uh, and we're, we're building a fairly successful practice. So um, not to say that you shouldn't learn those things or that they're not valuable, because obviously they are. Um, but you can learn them as you go and you don't have to know it all right off the start. Um, there's lots of reading you can do. There's lots of good resources in the community. There's good mentorship within the physio community and then just within the business community as a whole. So there's lots to learn out there and you don't have to know it all off the start. So that would be my piece to, to newer grads or to people just getting started. Uh, and then in terms of starting out in more of a rural setting, um, I think I think your point is well taken that there are some markets that are untapped right now. Um, and I think we kind of carved that out here, knowing that there wasn't 
this style of clinic that we're running here. There were other clinics, there were bigger clinics, uh, but it wasn't the style that we wanted to run. So we kind of carved out a niche of our own. Um, but I think there's a lot of markets in areas close to here. Uh, for example, in, in the Halliburton area are some of the Muskoka areas that are definitely um, needing more physiotherapists. Um, I think the one challenge with some of those markets uh, is that a lot of them are very tourism cottage country based. So it would be a challenge to keep a clinic running throughout the winter months. I think in some of those Northern Ontario areas um, is some of those, you know, some of those smaller towns that have a population of 2000 grow to 25,000 between May and September. Right. So you'd be booming and then you'd, you would take a big dive. So uh, I think there would definitely be some logistical challenges to starting in some of those Northern areas. Um, but also I think if someone's got, uh, got good ideas of how they would do that, uh, there's definitely some, some potential market space available in, in some of those Northern Ontario regions. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely some great insight about the seasonal nature of those areas. Um, and as you're talking about logistics, um, we just wanted to ask you if you find any difficulty attracting uh, physiotherapists to your clinic, given how are you going about the hiring process? Yeah, so that's kind of a funny one. Um, if you would have asked me that uh, a year ago, I would have said we've had no trouble finding anyone to hire. Um, and things are going swimmingly and all is good and well in the world. Um, and then now that you're asking me now, my answer has changed a little bit on that. Um, so the reason that my answer changed is um, when Adam and I were starting to grow as a practice over the past few years, uh, I guess it was about two years ago now. So just over a year into our practice, uh, we realized it was, it was time to take someone on and, uh, and add another therapist to our clinic. And, at that time, um, someone from the community who was already uh, a well-established physiotherapist um, kind of presented themselves to us and uh, said that they were interested in working for us and wondered if we had any opportunities. And, uh, and we kind of jumped all over that and, and took them up on it. Um, about six months later, we were kind of ready to grow again. And uh, one of my good friends, um, from that was moving from Toronto, um, LS, she was uh, the one I mentioned that was coming from uh, Bloorview in Toronto. Um, she was ready to start a family and uh, wanted to be out of the city and she had some family in Peterborough, so her and her husband moved here. So it was just a natural progression for her to start working at her clinic. Uh, and then the initial physio that started was a pelvic health physio and she went off on mat leave. And the same week, another physio said she was moving here from Ottawa and wanted to work at our clinic. So within about a year, we had three people approach us and say they wanted to work at our clinic. And they were all fantastic physios and we're very lucky to have them. Uh, and then the wheels of time kept turning and we've got another physiotherapist, Ella, who just went off on maternity leave. And this time it has not been so easy. So um, you guys follow us on social media. You've probably seen me kind of begging and pleading with the world to send us a physiotherapist from the heavens and, uh, and not having a lot of luck over the past few months. So um, we're happy to say now we have hired someone. Um, uh, he's going to be starting with us. Congratulations. In yeah, thank you. So that was a big, big stress relief for us because uh, 
um, what our one therapist just went off on maternity leave. So we'll kind of, we'll grind it out being uh, extra busy for the summer, but we know we've got some relief coming in September at least when, uh, when this new therapist moves here from Ottawa. So um, how did we attract uh, when we were having more difficulty? Um, I actually had a, a good conversation on the phone probably six weeks ago with, uh, with Daryl Yardley. I don't know if you know Daryl, you probably do through some of your, your business training. He's kind of the, the, the guru business <laughs> yeah. guy of, of the physio world. Um, so I had a chat with him on the phone and uh, sure. I, get, <laughs> I give him lots of credit because he gave us some really good ideas. He, uh, he pulled up our, our business ad that we had, uh, you know, our employment ad that we had put on the, the professional association website and he kind of picked it apart and said, it's crap, right? It's, it's, it's the same as, it's the same as every other one on there that isn't interesting and isn't drawing anyone's attention. And, uh, and, and same to what, what Sanjeeva spoke, speaking about a couple of weeks ago, um, people aren't looking for a job in physiotherapy because they have a job. So you have to do something that makes them think that your job may be better than their job. Uh, so Daryl gave us some good ideas on that. We were already uh, providing uh, an education allowance uh, for ongoing continuing education to our, uh, our physios here. We've been providing some direct uh, mentorship hours in terms of manual therapy coursework. Uh, and then he gave us the idea to add um, a signing bonus as well. And we did that. And we think that probably really sparked our ad to get the attention of a few more folks. That's definitely a, a great plan to go about it. Um, do you have um, anybody who commutes from uh, Toronto to Peterborough or are most of your physiotherapists who work rural? Because we understand that you're planning to grow in the future and you have been growing very rapidly so far. So I think you might have the plans to build the bench of the physiotherapists in case you need to go into that pool and hire some more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going to be more acutely aware of it now. Um, to be honest, Adam and I starting this uh, at the end of 2014, so just just three and a half years ago, um, honestly, I had no concept of us being in this type of place where we would need to be hiring people. We just wanted to to have a full caseload for the two of us and maybe have a massage therapist and, and kind of everything would be good in the world. And, uh, and I mean to our delight, it's grown quicker than that and, and really probably to our surprise as well. Uh, but now it means that we need to be more ahead of it and, uh, and not be in kind of damage control mode like we've been the past few months. Um, so to answer your question, currently all of our physiotherapists and massage therapists are uh, fairly local. Um, some live, uh, the nice part, of, one of the nice parts about Peterborough is we're, we're a part of the Kawartha Lakes and, uh, cottage country is kind of next door. You can get to multiple different lakes within a, a 20, 25 minute drive from here. So, um, so some of our therapists just live just outside the city, uh, right on the lake as well, which is, uh, is pretty ideal. Uh, but no, we don't currently have anyone commuting in from the GTA, but, uh, and, and to be honest, I don't know that we ever would, um, only in the sense that I think once they got to know it here, they'd want to move here. And, uh, and that's my bias. <laughs> that's my bias, obviously, because I grew up here and I love it here. Um, but another big thing is well, you can actually buy a house here, right? Like that's a big thing for people. Um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you, you can be on a, on a starting new grad physio um, uh, 
income and actually purchase a home. So I think that's a big draw for people as well. And, uh, and you can get on the go train and, and be at the Jays game in an hour and a half. So it's, you know, it's not that far out that you're, you're so far removed from Toronto, um, but it's, it's far enough. And, uh, and I like it here. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you also brought up a very good point regarding homeowners and uh, finding a house that's affordable. Um, obviously in Toronto and Vancouver, very, very expensive areas to buy real estate um, and kind of go from there. So two questions for, uh, for that one. The first one is, uh, did you actually opt to purchase real estate for your clinic or uh, did you actually go for renting? Because I know that in Toronto, uh, sometimes purchasing might not be an option because it's so expensive. So which one did you go with? And the second one is, um, do you think that as new physios, we should be looking into the rural regions um, because of this uh, differences in uh, price and differences in um, the price of real estate? Uh, yeah, good questions. Um, so we, from the start, we have, uh, we've been leasing a space in, uh, in a strip mall in a plaza in Peterborough. Um, we, again, we picked this area cause it's one of the busier streets. It's kind of the, the through fare for the North end of the city and it's uh, good street access, good parking. So good visibility from the road. Um, We've been leasing for about four years now and uh, actually just just got really lucky in an opportunity that the unit adjoining to ours came available and uh, and we're kind of walking all over each other the past six months with uh, with four of us in here. Uh, so we decided that we are going to also lease that space and uh, renovations are well underway now and uh, and hopefully by uh, by September of this year we'll uh, We'll open up uh, a wall between the two spaces and uh, and have twice the space. So uh, we're gonna have a nice uh, nice five thousand square foot uh, clinic and uh, lots of room to move around and uh, and lots of room to do different types of activities. Wow. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, but but getting back to that question, um, it was a big thought of at this time when we know we need to grow. Do we try to buy real estate or do we continue to lease? And uh, those were tough conversations that we had um, with other clinicians. Um, we talked to kind of well-respected clinicians um, in, in similar settings. We talked to, to Scott Whitmore, and uh, he runs a very successful clinic in Guelph. And, uh, and Guelph is a very similar model to Peterborough. Uh, and had some conversations with him about um, why, do, why do they lease and not buy. And, and we just started you know, kind of crunching some numbers and and really, although real estate is a lot more reasonable here than it is in Toronto, um, it still seemed like it was too far out uh, in order to, for us to be able to live comfortably. Uh, I think we could have done it and stretched to do it, uh, but then we would have been probably counting pennies for the next 10 years. And, uh, and that's just not the way that I want to live my life. I like to, to be a little bit more comfortable than that uh, and a little bit less stressed than that. So... Uh, for us, I think it just, uh, what it came down to is we're not dentists, uh, we're physiotherapists. Uh, so <laughs> people that come in here aren't routinely dropping 500 or $1,000 on a visit, right? So um, it takes a lot of physio visits to, to kind of recoup what we figured would have needed to be about $1.5 to $2 million to build a, a new clinic and, and buy real estate. And uh, maybe we could have done it, but I think it would have been uh, 
probably ill-advised and our, our accountant said, you know, for your cash flow, it's just not going to be good. You're going to be really tight for the next several years. So, so our plan from, uh, from now and, and until probably forever is, is to continue leasing and, uh, and we're quite happy to do that. So Connor, you've definitely provided some uh, good insight into the real estate aspect of it and the financial investment from the start. Uh, we just wanted to follow up on the team question again, because we noticed that uh, looking at your website, uh, you have some interesting uh, job titles for the members of your team, such as a marketing clerk and there's an executive secretary as well. Um, could you elaborate on those roles for the individual, for those individuals and how they've contributed to the success of your clinic? Yeah, sure. So, um, essentially we've, uh, we've tried to provide kind of multiple and slightly differing roles for our admin staff. So, um, we've got the traditional administrative roles, answering phones, uh, doing billing, um, calling people to kind of remind of appointments, all of those traditional administrative uh, duties. Um, but also we've been lucky to, to hire some staff that have some, some skills outside of those fields as well. Um, so you mentioned kind of, uh, you know, a marketing, um, a marketing help in some way. So um, what she has done is um, she's got a, a background in um, design and has done some marketing coursework in college. So she's been super helpful on the social media side of things and, and helped us a lot that way. So um, yes, she still does uh, the traditional kind of administ administrative roles at the, at the front desk, um, but also uh, adds some assistance that way. Um, we also have a, a clinic manager who is more behind the scenes. Uh, she does a lot of our, our bookkeeping and, uh, and billing and uh, runs our year-end type things. Uh, uh, helps us out, get ready when it's time to go to see the accountant at the end of the year, essentially. And, uh, and really saves us a lot that way in, in being able to do some of those duties in-house. Uh, and then in terms of executive secretary, um, that's kind of the, the head of uh, our admin staff. So um, if there's questions that, that roll through from the other front desk staff, they kind of they go, they go to her first. And, uh, and my business partner, Adam, and I have always tried to be very hands off in terms of our leadership style. Um, kind of the cliche lead by example. Um, we are definitely not micromanagers. Um, I don't know if the term macro managers is a thing, but, uh, but maybe we'll make it a thing uh, because that's, def <laughs> that's definitely our style. Um, our whole goal is let's, let's kind of lay out some, some general roles, some things that need to get done on a week to week basis. Um, and let's let that front desk staff kind of determine who should do those roles, who does them best and, uh, and kind of, gives them more autonomy um, and gives them, I think, more of a feeling of worth and, and that they're providing value to the clinic outside of kind of answering phones. Um, and I think that's very important from a, from a staff retention point of view, uh, that people feel like they're, they're involved in the clinic and they're helping with the growth of the clinic um, outside of those traditional administrative roles. Uh, so that's kind of what we've tried to do. And uh, I mean, we've been super lucky so far to not, uh, I think we're still in kind of the honeymoon phase of, of business ownership, right? Where we've only been three and a half years <laughs> and uh, we, we haven't had to put out any major fires yet. So 
um, we've been quite lucky that uh, the way that we've been doing things has been working for us and we haven't really had to step in and, and get involved in any major way other than just some, some, you know, some tips here and there. Here's some things that we might try to do differently. Uh, but we really try to let them kind of run that side of things themselves and then come to us, of course, if they have any questions or concerns. Um, so that's, that's kind of the way. That's, it's not everyone's philosophy, but, uh, but that's, that's our philosophy. And it sounds like it's uh, definitely a style that works, the hands-off style and the micromanager. We got to coin it with a hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll throw a but hashtag. I just on wanted to ask you, yeah, <laughs> make it official. Um, I just had a question about you uh, specifically. Are you planning in the future to continue to see patients and uh, run some of the clinic operations or... Um, are you going to expand a little bit more and take on a more operational role and see less patients in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. It's something that, uh, that Adam and I talk a lot about. Um, my, my short answer and my answer for me right now is I think I always want to see patients in some capacity. Um, mm -hmm. just because I love that part of the job. Um, that's really what drove me into physiotherapy. Um, I, I didn't really ever think of myself as an entrepreneur um, before a few years ago. Um, and to be honest, I don't know that I ever had, you know, really strong ambitions to do it. I kind of thought that it might be in the cards for me, but it wasn't like when I was in physio school, I knew that I was going to run my own clinic one day. That's, that's not how it worked for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to say. I think, we will definitely back off on our, our uh, treatment hours, uh, which we've already started to do. Um, uh, to give you an example, Adam and I have gone down to um, six hours each of, of treatment per day. Um, so bringing us to roughly 30 hours a day. Um, whereas off the start, when it was just the two of us, we were, you know, we were 10 hour days. Um, so we have definitely backed off um, to allow our, our staff to grow with us um, and to allow us to have time to grow, to grow the business, right? Because um, if you're treating patients for 10 hours a day, um, there's a lot of things that are, that are slipping behind the scenes and there's a lot of things that you're not paying enough attention to probably. Uh, and if you are paying enough attention to them, you're probably not paying enough attention to your family. Um, so, uh, there, there's gotta be some room, some room for balance in there. So I think, yeah, I, I see us getting down to a, you know, a four or five hour a day, maybe a, a 20 to 25 hour a week type schedule within the next couple of years. Uh, and then having another 20 hours or so to take on more of those, those traditional business roles. You know, as, as physio students, we can definitely kind of agree with that as well. We coming into the profession, you know, this is something working with patients and just being with them is definitely a privilege and you know it's very rewarding and I can understand why you'd want to still continue that route and uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts on um, kind of what you are going to be doing in the future now I actually have a question that uh, goes back a little bit to some of the team and how you guys operate at Pulse um, it's regarding your marketing so how do you guys market your services and what are some tips that you could tell us or the listeners about and how to go about marketing their services? 
Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's probably a pretty common answer that, that you guys are getting and will be getting um, in the age of social media, that that's, uh, that's been a big one for us, for sure. Um, I've kind of taken that on as, as my role. Um, so I run all of our, our social media accounts, our, uh, our Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and Twitter, less so Twitter, um, but, but more so Instagram lately. Um, and Adam has never really had a desire to do that. Um, but on the other end of things, I've never been the numbers guy. So that, that's kind of his thing. He runs more of the operations in terms of the stats and, and tracking the numbers and how the clinic's working week to week. And, and we kind of divide our roles that way. Um, but in terms of marketing, um, we don't do, I guess I would say we don't do any direct marketing outside of social media. Um, I, I mean, I guess that's true and, and not true in a way because we do a lot of community outreach uh, type events. Um, like we just finished up with uh, the dragon boat race uh, where we put a team in from the clinic and uh, raises money for, for breast cancer at the Peterborough hospital. Um, we, we've done some, some street festivals. We, we volunteer as team physios for the junior a uh, lacrosse team in Peterborough. So we do some outreach that way, which, which I guess makes you more visible. Um, and we do it cause we like it. It's not just because it's marketing. We, we enjoy getting out in the community. Um, but I guess our only true direct form of marketing would be on social media at this time. Um, and I'm still shocked how successful it is. Um, there's a ton to learn. Like we're really just kind of getting our feet wet. I, I think I only started an Instagram account last August or September. So it's really new to us still. Um, but you're learning a little bit as you go and, and learning what kind of things travel well in the world of social media and what kind of things just kind of fizzle out and die. So trying to get good content out there regularly is important. Um, but not just putting the content out, then being available to, uh, to, to answer questions that people have. I think it's, it, it's a really unique opportunity now that people have to directly interact with, with professionals online. And I mean, you don't want to get into giving direct uh, diagnoses or treatment advice or anything like that without obviously doing a proper assessment, but you can speak in generalities. And, uh, and if, if people have further questions and you've answered some of their general questions, they're probably more likely to give you a call and, uh, and book in for an assessment in the future. Uh, so that's really been our, uh, been our, our kind of primary role of marketing so far. Sounds great. Um, it's uh, definitely a great way to go about it. And the fact that you're getting involved in the community and uh, the fact that you're doing amazing on social media as well. And um, in terms of just looking at the overall picture, you've been able to become a successful physiotherapist and uh, a successful clinic owner who's learning day by day in terms of his craft. Uh, we're wondering what kind of uh, the habits that you employ for you to become uh, successful. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's important. Um, I don't think I'd really thought much about that until I had listened to some of your previous uh, episodes and you'd ask that question to other people. Um, what are my actual habits? And I guess, I guess when they're habits, that's kind of the nature of them. You don't often think that you're doing them. You just do them. Right. And um, I think a big one mm -hmm. for a, a big one for me is, um, and, and probably is for most physios, it's kind of our bias is, uh, is I have to stay active. Um, 
I, I play I play in a men's league hardball uh, team in Peterborough. Uh, I play in an ultimate frisbee league. Um, I try to get to the gym, you know, three or four times a week uh, on a good week. Although we just had our second baby, so it's kind of fizzled to once every two weeks at the current rate that I'm at right now. Uh, so that that's that's more speaking to the the, the work home balance right there. Um, but but yeah, just just being able to do something every day that that keeps me mobile is kind of my way to to clear my thoughts and to uh to try to de-stress because some of these things um for anyone who is in in business ownership of any type um or or wants to be there there are going to be times of stress uh, it's inevitable um i think if you are in in the 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 thought or the realm of possibilities of starting a business and you think that you would partner up with someone. Um, I think you really want to pick that person wisely um, and really make sure that you, you align well in, in your points of view uh, because in times of stress, that's when things will come out. Right. And that's when um, you start to see everyone's true colors and, uh, and lucky enough, um, Adam and I tend to both kind of be able to brush that off and reason with it uh, and at least talk it out, right? And not kind of let things boil down and, and, and really start to build up inside. We kind of, uh, our tradition is every Friday, we close the clinic early because uh, who wants to come to, uh, to physio and core the lakes on Friday at 6 p.m.? Uh, everyone wants to go to the cottage. Uh, <laughs> so we... Uh, <laughs> We close the clinic at 2.30 p.m. on Fridays, and uh, the clinic clears out by about 3. Uh, Adam and I crack a beer, and we talk about things. And, uh, and that's kind of our time to just, just chat about the week, what went well, what didn't went well, uh, what didn't go well. Um, you know, what should we do next week? What do we need to do next month? Uh, what are our plans for next year? Uh, and those are kind of our informal times to to chat. So that would be our my other big habit is just regular communication with with whoever you're working with, especially if you're you're having a business partner. No, we definitely agree, especially with stressful situations. And and we're a big fan of the closing down on Friday or uh, Friday. <laughs> so that that sounds great. That's uh, that, that's that's one of my ways to draw in physios, right? I got to get that out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be the main thing on the poster. Two th- yeah. Thirty Friday after uh, Friday um, ending. <laughs> um, we just wanted to also congratulate you on the beautiful baby girl that you had um, uh, recently, and I'm sure that she's gonna grow up to be as great as her dad. And um, uh, I think maybe maybe we should give her a small goniometer, get her started young. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little range of motion assessment early. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much. I've been uh, she she's got a good Babinski, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, nice. good. That's good. Congratulations, man. Uh, but actually I uh, can I take a moment? I just wanted to congratulate you guys on doing this. Um, this is awesome that you guys have, you. have kind of taken this upon yourself. Uh, Adam and I were talking about this uh, last week at our Friday beer. And, uh, at every stage of life, it feels like you could never get busier. Um, so in undergrad, you felt like you were super busy, but you weren't, you were, you know, you were playing video games or or intramural sports. And then in physio school, it felt like you were the busiest you could ever be. Right. 
uh, and then you have a baby and then you have another and it just goes from there. But uh, I can't imagine taking all the extra time that you guys have been taking uh, to do this kind of thing and to, to do all the social media that goes along with it and all the editing that goes along with it. Uh, running our social media, I definitely appreciate the amount of time that takes and, uh, and those posts and these podcasts, they don't just edit themselves. So uh, congrats to you guys. Thanks so much for all the kind words. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we uh, definitely have a good team behind us as well that uh, lets us uh, do all of these things because otherwise <laughs> the two of us wouldn't have been able to uh, put out as much volume as we have. But thank you so much. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We definitely understand the value of team with <laughs> kind of starting it. So it's really helped us learn a lot. Um, we have come near the end of the podcast and we like to ask a book recommendation from our guests uh, that they found very impactful in their lives and especially in terms of business and if there's any that you would recommend for us or the viewers to improve their business acumen. Yeah, this, uh, this was an easy one for me. Um, it was easy because I don't really read books. Uh, I've, I've never, (laughs) I've never enjoyed reading. Um, I do a lot of reading, but it's mostly nerdy physio research, clinical based reading. Uh, and I do it because I want to learn. Uh, I don't do it for the enjoyment of reading, unfortunately, maybe one day, but not so far. Uh, So the one book is the book that essentially we built our business plan around. Um, Adam and I had zero experience with business. Neither of us had ever taken a business course or run a business. Um, And a colleague of ours had recommended getting this book and it's called, uh, it's called business in clinical practice, how to get there from here. And uh, the author is Diana Hopkins Rosal. And uh, she's actually an OT. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a, an elementary school textbook, which is my kind of reading. Um, and it, uh, lots of pictures and flow charts, all all of that kind of good stuff. Um, but really it's, it was fantastic. It literally takes you chapter by chapter, step by step of what it would look like for you to design a business plan that would look professional enough to present to a bank to ask them for a large sum of money. And uh, it took us about six months of, of working outside of our full-time jobs, meeting on weekends, meeting on evenings, and kind of working chapter by chapter through that book. Uh, but then when we brought our business plan finally to the bank, um, they said, quite honestly, that it was one of the best and most clearly designed business plans that they've ever read. So I think that was super helpful for us nice. getting started. Um, and literally we just copied this book and kind of went step by step. This is, you know, this, (laughs) this is how we will do marketing. This is what our top line and bottom lines projections will be. And, uh, we didn't even know what a lot of those definitions were before reading that book, but, uh, but it, it helped us infinitely. So that would be uh, my book that I would recommend, um, and not that you're going to get probably any cool quotes out of it per se, uh, but if you ever want to start a business, <laughs> uh, it's a good one. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. we'll definitely uh, give that one a read, <laughs> but just we won't submit our business plan on Turnitin <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> give a lot of matches. <laughs> 
but uh, Connor, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a very a lot of pleasure, and um, we just wanted to uh, ask you where we can find you on social media since you've been doing so much work on your social media channels, and uh, it's definitely a great channel to follow as well. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, uh, Instagram, I guess, would be where we're most active uh, most recently, which is at Pulse Physio PTBO. Uh, I have a personal Instagram account of at Connor underscore Massimo. That's just mostly pictures of my cute children and and uh, animals as well. <laughs> uh, and then uh, on 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 Twitter, we're at Pulse Physio PTBO. Probably a little less active on there. Uh, on Facebook, uh, we actually had our Facebook page hacked. So this is our rebirth of Facebook, uh, which is at Pulse Physiotherapy PTBO. Uh, and then I guess my email would be Connor at pulsephysiotherapy.ca. I think that's, uh, if you try any of those channels, you should be able to reach me. Awesome. That about covers the bases. <laughs> um, but otherwise, um, we had a lot of fun doing this with you. You're really well-spoken, answered all of our questions in a lot of detail, and uh, we gained some insight into uh, how to open up a clinic in uh, Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> I gave away too many secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can write your own book now. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, thanks so much. Uh, absolute pleasure talking with you, and we'll be speaking with you soon. Yeah, thanks, Slava. Thanks, Sarush. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.